Hey folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You are on with Real Redneck Todd Millard. And of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? I'm here and it's a beautiful night for a podcast. Beautiful night for a podcast. And as always, sitting beside me is the patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, Real Redneck Don Millard. Dad, is your mic hot? It's hot. And like Bill said, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. And I'm sitting right next to you. Good deal. Well, we good, good deal. Sitting next to me might not be the the best deal. Yeah, well, it, it for works me. for me. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. So this week, we're going to keep this intro fairly short because yeah, I, I think, think so. there's a whole lot of respect to be paid right here. And uh, last week, if you listen to our podcast and when I ended it, we had a special guest on and I didn't let him talk because we had to hear about my turkey. <laughs> yeah. And, and as anybody knows, Todd is, has an inability to have short stories anytime uh, he tells stories. I'm very, I'm very humble guy. I didn't really, you guys forced yeah. it out of me, oh, twisted my arm. Bolts. I, 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 I left lots out because I didn't want to gloat or, or brag too much. Cause that's just not who I am. But I tried yeah. to tell as much detail as I could. And it happened to go on a little long. And yeah. so I thought, okay, we can make this a really long podcast and listen to our special guest story as well. But I think that, it deserved a lot more respect than that. And it deserved to be the spotlight of the podcast. And so we thought, no, you know what? We're going to cut it. And then we will make it the next week's podcast, which happens to be tonight's podcast. Yeah. So I'm excited to finally have this guest on and to hear his story because I've hunted with him and uh, followed his career and I'm excited that he's here and I'm, and I'm anxious to hear his story. Uninterrupted, yeah. possibly. Well, kind of. Well, I'm still we'll still got a hot mic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I am pretty pumped too because this is his yeah, first hunt. He's had the yeah. tutelage of the almost guy. Yeah. Uh, for for many years, which might have been the downfall. He finally threw caution to the wind and said, "Screw you, Bill. I'm not even going to listen to you anymore." And. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Because yeah. really, you're going to hear this, and I can't hide it. He pretty much said, screw you, Todd. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much how it I'm doing the exact opposite of everything you have told me and even messaged on Facebook and droned and droned on and drove him nuts. Did the exact opposite. That's why I'm so proud of him. <laughs> and he doesn't yeah. drink coffee. Well, everybody's got their own downfalls. He doesn't drink tea either, but my gosh, every variety store is in business. You better, you need a sponsorship from like Circle K and 7 to 11, I think. But I think you can get it. (laughs) The poster child, it'd be awesome. We walk in, I'm going to say the name now so everybody knows who it is. You walk into any variety store and there's Real Redneck, J. Tom, standing right there with the breakfast burrito and a giant Slurpee. Yeah, he's a poster <laughs> child for health, fitness, and hunting styles. You, know, so, you don't so get that style. body by eating healthy, I think is no. his words. That's right. So, but, well, it's, it's good. Let's, uh, let's get to it and see yeah, what the story I'm goes. pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped. So without further ado, congratulations ahead of time. And everybody strap in because I'm actually there. his first ever. His first ever. Here it is. So you have not. You've shot a turkey in your pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. In the fall, in that season, with your crossbow, correct that you put the stock on. 
Which, folks, you yeah. want to hear a story. That's a whole other podcast. Go look it up. You'll see him on the cover in his pajamas, <laughs> plaid, red and black plaid pajamas. That was his first turkey that he just happened to buy a tag. He's going deer hunting. Might as well have one. But now this is your first actual turkey season where we're going after a Tom, right? This, this is everything correct so far. Absolutely. And so coming up to this story right here, we've brought him on the podcast and Bill has been coaching him which I kind of think is the reason it's taken this long, but yeah. has been coaching up till now in the same spot you hunt, wood, hunt, hunt deer out of the same woods. And, but yeah. up until now you haven't seen many turkeys at all. Like you've seen a hen and then all of a sudden in this one weekend, you've now seen a Tom had a Tom respond to the call, but no dice, but then, eventually we're going to get to hear a, a killer kick butt story. Right. So you've done it all. Now you've gone a whole season that you were like, you were pretty distraught. You were getting oh, yeah. frustrated. This is, yeah, absolutely. I was, I was getting very uh, close to saying, you know, I hope this season's almost over. Cause I was, I was having less and less fun every, every time I'd gone out. And that's why we're calling you Mr. Resilient. <laughs> I love it. Cause you hung in. <laughs> All right. Well, take us away, Bill. You could probably, you know, you know the story better than I, so you could probably navigate it a little bit. Yeah, no, no. I'm going to let him start off and I'll fill in some blanks here with some questions. And, and Sure. Stuff, but yeah, let him take it away and let's see where this goes. Well, uh, starts on, uh, I guess, Monday I went out. Um, I had been talking with the farmer. I got a little inside information from the farmer because I hadn't seen many turkeys in the time that I'd been out. I'd been out, I don't know, six, seven, eight times, whatever it had been. And I hadn't seen much. And I messaged the farmer and I, I just said, Hey, you know, I haven't seen much, you know, have you seen them lately? And, uh, and he messaged me back. Yeah. You know, I've, I've seen them a few times out in the cornfield. Um, usually around five o'clock at night is when he was seeing them. And I figure what better piece of insider information than the farmer himself so I figured Monday afternoon, being that it was the holiday Monday, I would head out. Now, every time I've been out so far, I have kind of created a little ground blind. I have a little um, camel mesh thing that you plug into the ground. And, you know, I pick a tree and I sit down and usually I'm about 10, 10, 15 feet into the, into the bush to where I can see kind of the, the cornfield or a cut cornfield and that borders on a big hay field. Perfect. And but not right on the is, edge where they're going to pick you out like a singing correct. silhouette. Yeah, like yeah. I, that, that's all. I'm, I'm about 10 feet in. So I think I told on the last podcast, I finally had a hen respond. Give me that validation that at least I'm making some form of a turkey noise with my calls <laughs> that I've been trying out this year. And, uh, and sure enough, Monday, almost like an alarm clock at 4.59 p.m., I'm you know, making calls with my slate call. And sure enough, I hear two hens, one on either side of me. I don't know exactly where they are, but it, they're, they're making their purrs, I guess that you, you call it. And it got me excited. And, you know, I sit normally, um, you know, legs out, just kind of relaxed, but it got me to where I was on my knees. You know, I was moving. I had a hen walk right past me at five, six yards. It must've been like on I your knees. And that's something because you get up on your knees and then you realize crap, 
this could be about 45 minutes. Five minutes in, this knee thing. I should have rethought my, this. My leg absolutely <laughs> fell asleep and was in pins and needles. And I was trying to think, how do I, you know, readjust? Like it was a horrible decision to do Been this. Never done that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I could have absolutely poked his head with the end of my gun. She was that close. And, uh, but she had, she didn't, she walked right past me. I had my decoys cause I use decoys. I had them set out. Uh, about 25. Yeah, I highly recommend the use of decoys while turkey hunting. <laughs> this, is, this is what and I, I know um, anytime I've gone out, I've asked Bill, you know, would you put your decoys out? Well, yeah, if you're not going to be in the bush, you know, have your decoys. I'll give you that. If you're not in the woods, put them in the field because yeah. you got to get them to so, you in the field. So this, this, but I said, put them away and get your butt in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what you were telling me to do, but I wasn't in the woods. I was on the edge of the woods. So, so she walks from my right, going from my right to my left. And as she walks past me, a second hen comes out about 25 yards to my left and walks out into the cut corn. Uh, the hen that was so close to me walked right past my decoys and joined up with the second hen. Now, there, this is a quick question. There. Did that yep. hen care at all about the decoys? Did it- None whatsoever. She didn't even make a pause. She just walked mm-hmm. right on past Just me. kept on going. Just kept on going. No care in the world. So I didn't even need so, it. See? See? What, <laughs> I, what I really enjoyed about her being so close is I could hear her, you know, chirping as she's going by. You know, and it's it's exactly what I envisioned with my slate call, the little clucking or whatever you call it that, that they're making. And I could hear her doing that. I'm, we're going to need an example. The, Oh, I, I can't make that noise. I, <laughs> I, I heard you do it earlier, and you do a great job of it. <laughs> so, but it sounded like she was talking with the other hen because they were both kind of doing it in tandem together, and it was really neat to hear. So they were doing that, and they ended up walking, and that's I actually went live on Facebook. Um, did you really? You know, take, take, well, I did. I took your, your lead. I didn't even I get live, to see I, that. It there's was only, there. There's only one of the two of us, Toms, that can figure out how to go live on Facebook. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not it. Well, Age isn't on your side. <laughs> so, so I went live on Facebook and I and I watched these hens and they they were probably 50, 60 yards and you know they were playing in the dirt of the cornfield and kicking it up and you can really see it in the video and, and it was really neat to see. Did you save that and on your Facebook up, or did you just go live yeah. and then not upload it? No, it, it's there. Oh, I gotta it, go look. Right. I gotta go look. Yeah. So, so they were they were there doing their thing, and they were at you know I I, I use a clock as my guide, so they were at about my ten o'clock, you know, roughly seventy eighty yards, kind of just kicking up the dust, and uh, they they slowly kind of walked away, um, kind of going from ten o'clock to my twelve and Decoys so on. Decoys made so forth. nervous. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I heard a gobble off to my right and when i hunt i've always got my binos and my rangefinder and you know in my pack you guys know that from when we were goose hunting i had my binos with me uh, my goodness, eyes aren't yeah. as good anymore so i like to be able to see things and be sure of what i'm shooting at so so i pulled out my binos and i'm looking through the the trees and sure enough at about 175 yards to my right right at the property line where the corn uh field plantation starts I'm starting to see turkeys walk out of the bush. There's one, two, four, six, seven of them come walking out, but I've got a lot of brush between me and them because I'm 10 feet back into the bush. So I'm watching them on my binos and sure enough, I see a Tom 
And then I'm starting to really see a difference in the color because that hen was so close that I've been watching them, looking at the color difference between the hens that walked past me and the the the, uh, the turkeys that had walked out of the bush. It was really neat to see like the bright red. And then I'm starting to see beards and I'm seeing two, three, four beards come walking out in that group of turkeys. My gosh. And you'd not right. heard a gobble up until now. Up until You've now. hunted the so, same spot and never heard a gobble, and here's four toms that are 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 there. Four bearded, bearded, yeah, four bearded cool. turkeys. Like they were. I don't think they were all toms, but so I grab my slate call and I start. Wait, go ahead. Not to cut you off, but when you heard that tom gobble, could could you think maybe you'd heard that before but didn't recognize what it was? No, no, but it for was sure like, you had not heard that before. For sure, I had not heard that before. Like it, it was clear as day. It, it was what I had heard with you, you know, many years ago when you and I were hunting. But yeah. I had every every time he talks. In, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had that, that I bearded had, yeah. Tom. I tell you what, every yeah. time he talks, all I hear is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that uh, up to this point, I had not heard that noise in this bush, in my opinion. So I'm sorry, Bill. I didn't even know that was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you don't so, know what comes out of your mouth most times. <laughs> so I grab my slate call and I start, you know, making my, my chirps or purrs or whatever you guys call it. And then I get another gobble. Instantly he gobbles and, you know, he's fanned right out and I'm watching him through the woods, through my binos. I can just see him. And, uh, you know, and he, he's kind of looking my way and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to start coming my way. So I, you know, I, I just kind of sit there. Get and up on your knees. What's that? Sorry. Did you get up on your knees? I, I think I probably was, to be honest with you. I probably was because I wanted to be ready in case they come walking across and, you know, get in a good shooting position for myself where I was comfortable. And and I was watching them and watching them and they just would not come any closer. And at this point, it's probably about quarter after six by the time this group of, of turkeys had come out of the bush. And I was getting nervous about time. So... I messaged Bill, I'm pretty yeah, sure. You and, I were, yeah, you and I were talking at this point in time. Yeah, and I said, you know, I got a bunch of birds here. I definitely got toms. You know, I don't think they're coming any closer. There's definitely no shot. Should I try to run through the bush or get through the bush to that their end? Yes. You know, and I kept, I kept thinking about you, Todd, I'll be honest, and thinking, you know, I know you'd be chasing them down. Hashtag... So, make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah. So yeah. Bill, Bill basically said... You know, leave everything and and go through the bush. And I had already made the decision while I was waiting that this is what I was going to do anyway. But you know, it was nice to get the confirmation. Yeah, go go give it a shot. So sure enough, I go walking through the bush and I'm being as quiet as I can. And I'll be honest, like I had bug spray on, but the bugs were unbearable. The mosquitoes. I look down, and my hands are swarmed, my body swarmed, and I'm trying to, you know, not be swatting and making too much motion and everything else. But I'm, I'm positive there was no way was I getting over there without being seen. And sure enough, by the time I get to where they are, they're already walking, you know, long, long gone. They. It was really, really heartbreaking to get all the way through there and just basically watch them walk away. There was, there was nothing, nothing I could do. I basically packed my stuff up and I went home. I'd had enough. So I was pretty disappointed, but also, as I, I think I said to you in a text, Todd, that I was pretty excited because here enough, I got a new new experience. And you had a you know, gobble take, response take to your call. Are, are experiences that you can put in your your, your oh my memory so bank. Yeah. yeah. So so for me, it was a learning experience. You know, I 
I, I got a sense for where they come out. I got a sense for a little bit of the interaction. You know, I got an actual gobble call back. I watched kind of them, you know, interact with each other. So there's a lot of positives I took from it, but I was also very disappointed in myself, you know, maybe because I wasn't patient enough, maybe because I, you know, I rushed. Oh, you'll second guess it forever. You can't do that in turkey. You do that in deer because we take deer a little more serious. You can't do that in turkey hunting. You got to (laughs) just caution to the wind and make it happen. As a deer hunter, I, I, you know, I second guess all my hunting. So I I was, you know, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So sure enough, um, what's today, Uh, Thursday. So Wednesday, yesterday I had, uh, somewhat of a shorter day at work. And and as things was, was panning out, I was keeping an eye on the clock and I kept thinking, you know what, I might be able to get out hunting tonight. You know, if I hurry up and then get through my day. You know, I, I was up uh, Bill's way, actually, for work, and I, I kept thinking, you know what, I can be back by about 3.30. I might be able to get the bush by 4, type of thing. Sure enough, get home. I don't even change out of my work clothes, throw my hunting gear right on top. I grab all my stuff, and this time I decided I was going to grab a little pop-up tent, and I was going to take it out with me. My theory was I'll get it out, worst-case scenario. The tent will be there if I get out on the weekend hunting. I have something to sit in because I wanted to give myself more view of the, the cornfield, the bush line, because I felt like I was losing a lot of my sight lines where I was sitting. So sure enough, grab my gear, you know, get in the truck as I'm on my way. You know, I've got no gas in my vehicle. I need to stop, but I figure, you know what? I don't want to waste any time. <laughs> I've been there. Do I get and gas I or do like, I take I the chance? On, <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I'm looking at it and it's not even registering. It just says low. And that's when, you know, you're getting out. And I thought the hell with it, you know, I, I'm going to get out. And if, if I can, then, uh, then I'll, I'll call for help afterwards. If I need to, I wanted to not waste any time. So where I drive to get to my bush, I have to pass the cornfield and then almost go to the exact opposite end of the field where I park. Sure enough, as I'm driving past the cornfield, there's a bunch of turkeys already in the field at four o'clock. And all I keep thinking is how am I going to get from where I park all the way down? It's, it's about a thousand plus yards from where I park to where I was planning on sitting. And how do I get there without being seen you know, and again, my mindset was there's a couple of little ridges in the cornfield, really small ridges, but um, that they were kind of sitting in. And I thought, you know, I might be able to hug the bush line, get all the way down. By the time I got to that end of the bush, you know, and I'm sweating like crazy because I got all of my gear and more than I normally carry and everything else. And, and I thought, well, I don't see the turkeys anymore. I might as well just set my tent up, get sitting in it. And same mentality, worst case scenario, at least the tent's up. I got you know, two and a half hours a day or of hunt time left. And that, that's kind of where my mindset was, was I, I thought, you know what, they're around, but unlikely to see anything at this point, figured they would have seen me and they were gone. So I think it was about, I don't know, four thirty, quarter to five, by the time I was really kind of tense set up and sitting down and, and comfortable. And I just start calling. So and I don't on. really get much. Reports. I didn't know you had a tent. Did you put your decoys oh, yeah. out too? Yeah, I did. So you did everything the opposite of what Absolutely. I would do. I wasn't <laughs> going to tell you all that before this conversation. You're right? Surprise, Todd. <laughs> you're an idiot. So full blown, and, and it is what it is, but you're not in the woods. You're on the edge of the field. You're not mobile because you're in a freaking tent. And, oh, yeah. And, and you got decoys. So where did you set the tent? So I set my tent right on the edge of the bush. So, so the turkeys you know, could see your line. tent. 
Oh yeah. No, no question. <laughs> but, but I will say that in my bush, because what the farmer has been doing, he originally was going to try and make a pig pen back in the bush for some reason. It didn't pan out, but there's a bunch of old, uh, <laughs> in, in case a hunter fours. gets out of line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there was a bunch of old two by fours and, and fence boards and everything all piled up on the edge. And I put my tent right beside them because that's, you know, I figure that's something that they're used to seeing and, and everything else. So I'm, I'm almost yeah, on used to seeing a big six foot pop up tent right beside some yeah, lumber. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. It's camouflage. They couldn't see it. So, <laughs> sure enough, floored. This is geek. the exact opposite. You ask what would Todd do? It would not be take a tent in there, but carry on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a completely different style. So and I put my decoys out, and I'll be honest, I have them sitting at about 20 yards, and I'm, I'm in my tent, and, uh, and I start calling, and I can hear every once in a while that hen, or the hen sound that you were making earlier, in the bush, because where I hunt, the corn uh, borders a set of bush that I'm not allowed to hunt. It's a different piece of property, and that's where they had gone into. And I could hear them, and I'd call, and I wouldn't get anything in response. And I every now and again, I'd hear a hen, so... I used my, my read call and I got a little aggressive on it at times just to try to get a reaction out of them. And every now and again, I'd get a little bit of a, a hen call back and I was alternating a little bit with my read call and my slate call just to change it up. How Finally, often were you calling? Uh, I was on the slate call pretty regular. I would say every couple of minutes. Like I, I was, I was, I, and I, I know it's everything against what you breathe. Now that's now, what I would do. Oh, I'd call the no, crap the, out of that, him. That's what the, the other side of it is, is, is Todd calls deer like that every five minutes. Rattle, 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 call, 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 rattle, rattle, rattle. Non-stop. Make as much noise yeah. as possible. Non-stop. I, I, I don't, I don't do that. I would say that I was on the slate call, you know, and I, I wasn't being aggressive on the slate call, but I'd make a little bit of noise every couple of minutes. And then I'd be on the read call maybe every 15 minutes or so just to change it up. You say read uh, call, that's your your mouth call, right? Yeah, that's my mouth call for sure. And again, that's the one that I'm not as confident with, but I still, you know, just to make a change, make it seem like maybe there's more than one kicking around. So so sure enough, uh, I, I was hearing them a little bit, and I think it was about quarter to six. I start to see little brown silhouettes at 180 yards, and I only know the distance because, again, I had my rangefinder. As soon as I saw them, I pulled up the binos. Yeah, those are the turkeys. They're out. Pull up my rangefinder, 180 yards. Send the first message to Bill. Take a picture. You know, I got birds ahead, no question about it. And then, you know, we start – I start calling a little bit more on the slate call, and I'm watching this Tom – he puffs right out, fans right out, and I could see him like he was dancing with all the birds with himself and moving around in amongst all the birds there. The turkey ballet. Yeah, it was really neat to see because he looked like he was going from each of the birds, you know, all started oh, out and everything else. So when yeah, I started my, my snake call, he would turn and like face me head on. And then he would lose interest and he'd go back and do what he was doing. So I'd, you know, make a couple more noises on the slate call and he'd turn and look at me. And now they're, they're about 165 yards. They're, they're slowly kind of eating through the cornfield and they're slowly coming towards me. It's about six o'clock now. I've been watching them for 10 minutes. They've maybe come towards me roughly 35 yards or so. You know, they're still 150 or so yards out. 
And out of nowhere, to my right, 10 yards, a hen walks out of the bush. 10, 10 yards away. Didn't even know she was there. Walked right out of the bush beside me. And when she did that, I heard a gobble. And I couldn't tell because in the tents, you know, sound comes from all different directions. I couldn't tell if it was the tom ahead of me or another one behind me. But my mindset was it was in the bush behind. So I started kind of focusing a little bit beside me. And that hen walked right past my decoys. And in this cornfield, there's one tree that's very out of place. It's got a bunch of green around it. And I ranged it at 50 yards. And she walked right to that tree and kind of hung out there. And it was enough that that flock of turkeys started walking towards her. And they're getting closer. And now I'm texting Bill and I'm saying, hey, they're coming in. You know, and I'm watching. I'm taking photos of the Tom because he's fanned out the whole way coming across. And they're taking their time. And I keep, you know, updating Bill. Hey, they're at 110 yards. They're at 90 yards. They're at 80 yards. The play by play. It was pretty neat to be able to, to have that play by play because I'm driving, you know, home from work at this point. So I'm trying to uh, communicate with him as much as I can without, you know, get myself into trouble. I mean, I got. Uh, text on the car and stuff, but it was just so neat. I wasn't really concentrating on driving. I don't want to tell you that, but I was concentrating on being <laughs> Look, in the, crows, in the woods. All crows are safe. Right? Bill, Bill, <laughs> yeah. Bill can't hunt you. He was too busy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll be honest, like I took a couple pictures as they're walking across and, and uh, you know, I'm letting Bill know where they're at and, you know, and again, I, I'm trying to, you know, ask Bill some questions while this is all happening. I wonder and, how you were getting photos of these turkeys so close and so yeah. calm. And now I know because you're in yeah. a freaking tent. He was, he was in a tent. Absolutely. I was smart about it. <laughs> so I had, you know, I kept range finder up. I kept range finder down, range finder up, range finder down. I kept keeping an eye on where they were. And I knew at this tree, if they reach it, they're 50 yards. And Bill, I asked Bill, I said, you know, what would, how close would you get them before you would, you know, take the shot? Yeah. And Bill, Bill messaged me back and he said about 40 yards. 85 yards. Well, <laughs> I tell you, he's not using a turkey choke, right? He's using whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm using my modified uh, oh, choke. Heck, like, 140 you know, yards, lay them all down. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and with the other comment I made to him on there was, if they're coming, let them come. That's so true. I'm not showing any, any type of aggression. Just let them come. That's let them true. Go. With everything, yeah, right? So what I did is when they got to both, and I, and I could tell they were coming towards that hen, I put the, the call down. I, I said, I'm not calling again. They're clearly coming towards me. There's no reason for me to make any calls at this point. And I, and I just kind of put the call down. I had my gun, you know, ready to go. I had, and just my, my range finder. And I just kept checking on, because I could see them clear with my range finder as well. And, Sure enough, they get to about 80 yards and they hang up. I can't, you know, they're, they're probably in amongst the far side of this grass under this random tree in the middle of the cornfield. And you know, I'm thinking, geez, they're not going to come any closer. And all of a sudden, I think that Tom spots my decoys because he puffed right out again and he split off from the group. And now he's slowly starting to walk towards the decoy. What? I bet you there was a hen behind your tent. You just couldn't see it because you were in a tent. <laughs> well, one of the decoys is a hen, but <laughs> as he starts coming across, he gets to about 50 yards. A second turkey breaks off from the group, and I'm pretty sure it's a Jake because it was clearly smaller. 
And the two of them now are walking towards my decoys. And again, my decoys are at 20 yards. They get to 30 yards and this Tom puffs right out, stands right out, turns to the Jake that was walking with him and lets out the biggest gobble you'd ever hear. You know, and, and I mean, like his whole body went right tight together. And then when he let out this, this gobble, he stretched right out. The head went right out and he was like yelling at this Jake. It seemed like he was saying, get out of here. And as soon as he did that, gun came out of the tent, fired off. He dropped, kicked the dirt, and all the rest of the turkeys calmly walked away. I was waiting to hear they came over and put a whooping on that bird. Everything you guys have said, I was expecting that. But when he hit the dirt, I don't know if the Jake, you know, if they didn't know where the noise came from, I don't know anything. But honest to goodness, they turned and they calmly walked away back where they came from. They're nervous of that tent. No flying. So I I stayed there because I didn't want to scare them away because I got a couple of buddies who may come out hunting on the weekend. But, uh, But it was the neatest thing that 25 yards that Tom dropped right in front. It was the most exciting thing that I've had happen in, since deer season. And That's awesome. like I said, being able to talk to Bill throughout the whole process, send him the photos as the turkey's walking closer, you know, talk to him, letting him know, giving them the play by play. You're going to feel even worse. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> it's okay, Bill. We got you, buddy. We got you. You can come along yeah. the journey with us. Yeah. yeah Where did you aim? <laughs> <laughs> How close was that, Tom, to your decoys when you pulled the trigger? Uh, I have three holes in my decoy. <laughs> Good. You don't need him anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I went over and sure enough, he was uh, he dropped about uh, three yards behind my decoy, and he was coming right to them. And, and I'm telling you, it was really neat watching him come in. He was staring right at the decoys. Had no care in the world that my tent was there. I, I had moved a little bit between you know getting the gun ready and you know the the uh, the range finder, but they had no cares in the world that I was there. He was coming right for those decoys, and uh, and watching him yell at that Jake was really really neat it was so loud and uh and all i kept thinking was okay shoot right where the the head meets i was gonna the, say where did you aim yeah exactly where you guys keep telling me to and uh and he didn't go more than you know a step and just dropped kicked the dirt a little bit and that was it and uh and to be able to share that with the with the you guys was was awesome so first first bird tell me the specs so uh 10 inch beard uh, inch and a quarter spurs on that's it. good hooks and what's that that's pretty good hooks yeah hey, I, I don't know how that that rates in comparison to anything else that's just i just know that those are the measurements weight wise i never got a weight uh, i don't have a scale perfect 28 and, uh, pounds <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i could tell you by the time i got it back to the truck I had a full sweat on again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that was an so, awesome story, Jay. I really enjoyed hearing it. Bill, folks, and Todd and I were on our way home from the gun club Wednesday night. We were back last night. Soon. Last night. Yeah, we were on our way home and we were all talking. And then all of a sudden, Todd's phone lit up. And, and Todd. Well, I went, said, I got to call Bill because yeah, I he, got something to talk to him about. When I opened my phone, because it's a flip phone, when I opened my phone, there's the message from, from Bill. 
Jay just shot a Tom. And we're all, whoa, Jay shot a Tom. And then I scroll and I'm like, oh, there's a message from Jay. (laughs) They're all excited. Well, I had to send you a message, Todd, because, you know, I kept hearing on the podcast that you were disappointed that I wasn't keeping you up. I'd have been very, uh, you would, yeah, like, I'm sorry. You would have been doing this with dad and and Bill. I wouldn't be here. (laughs) <laughs> well, and, then, and then you send me the message pictures or it didn't happen but i was hunting out by myself and i was trying to figure out how do i get a photo and prove that it was me with Dude, I'm so pumped. you took a telfie <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I always take a telfie or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a tradition that uh you scotty did the same thing with his deer last year that he shot yeah. you know yep <laughs> <laughs> it started yeah, yeah. way back. I shot the biggest doe I've ever, ever shot. It was a doe and the biggest, this thing was a mass. And I'm, and I'm thinking the same thing. Nobody's going to believe how big this doe is. How am I going to take, I'm by myself. How am I going to take a picture with this doe as I was bow hunting and prove how big it is? And I thought, you know what? My head compared to its head. And so that's when I started taking selfies with all of my my harvests. <laughs> that was an awesome story, Jay. I really enjoyed listening to it. That was that was great. I'm I'm really happy for you. That oh, was I was great. pumped. Yeah. I was so pumped. Still yeah. am. Thank you, guys. And don't let Todd tell you how to hunt. You you know, stay in your own style. Apparently. Well, I said all along, I will listen to what everybody says and I'll figure out a way to make it my own there you you know, go. in the process. So. Oh. Awesome. I, I, no, I couldn't could with all your guys' help and listen to you guys talk about your stories. And, you know, I've always said, listen to the podcast. It, it's for laughs, but it's also to learn a little bit. And you guys have been uh, been great help throughout the process. And I couldn't have done it without you. So thank you guys very much for, oh, dude, for all the two along the way. Sharing it with us. It's freaking awesome. I love it. No, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah super proud. The simple fact is that this was your first season and, and you, you connected, you, you learned a ton. I tell you what, it, I was glad to enjoy the experience and, and happy to see the results and the smiles and and uh, hear the story and the excitement in your voice. So, yeah, it's a proud big brother moment here to, to listen to the story and, and I'm anxious to uh, to see the tale and, and I'll do that up for you. When, when I was going to say you got to be getting get mounted, right? Oh yeah, Bill. Bill already offered to to do something up nice for me, and I. I have to be honest, I watched a YouTube video on how to do a few of the things. I, I, I found one of the neatest things that I never even would have known was to get the beard off, just give it a yank, and it comes off in one big piece. Is that true? I swear that's exactly what I did. You, you grab it right at where it meets the, the breast, and you give it a pull, and it came off in one solid piece. I've got, I had no idea, I've got 13 or 14 mounts in my house. Well, you know, you've seen them. You've been here yep. and yep. I've not done one myself. So I have no clue. I always take it to <laughs> my good buddy, Dave Snook, and he takes it for me. So I never, I never worry. And then the ones that I don't mount, I had a, a standing deal with Scotty that I will clean his deer if he cleans my turkeys. Cause I hate cleaning Turkey. <laughs> well, it's uh, I, I watched a YouTube video and then I had video uh, chatted with Bill as I was cleaning it out. Cause again, I'd never really done it myself before. And you know, um, how'd you clean it? How'd you do it? I, I breasted it out. That, that's all breasted I did. Legs. Right time. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, cut it right at the, the breastbone, pulled the, just gave it a yank on either side that came off real nice, nice and clean. I learned that I need to get a better knife for doing yeah. what I'm doing, but, uh, for sure. yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, I was, I was pretty happy with the big piece of meat. I took them in and, and cleaned them out and got all the pin feathers out. Not that there was much left in them when I, uh, by the time I cleaned everything out of it, but I found four, 
of the shot shell in one of the breasts. That's all. That's all I found. So, and I got them out. That was no problem. Right. But, uh, we're in the noodle. Either at, yeah, that's, that's essentially where the rest of them were, as far as I can tell. But, but uh, I'm very happy with how it all turned out. The two really nice big pieces of meat I got in the freezer. And I tell you what, you pound them, them suckers flat, you make up some dressing, and then you roll that up and wrap it in bacon. You will not be disappointed. Cook it to 165. I, Bob's your uncle. Well, I will absolutely give that a try. I've got, uh, I'm going to have to have a wild game night because I've got some, some tenderloin here. I've got some turkey now. I've got, uh, you, got you, some you meat that I'd like I'm totally okay with that. I think that's the best way to to enjoy the spoils of. Uh, that's, of the hunt I, is, hey, is I'm in. We've people. got like I got about eight eight or nine year old goose breasts down there. I'll bring. We're we're no. all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Great stories tonight. There. This may even have to be a two part podcast with all the stories that we have. Yeah, we're an hour and a half, and I don't know. I don't know whether we make it uh, or we just leave it together and make this a long one. People can listen. You got all week. Listen to a bit on your drive into work. Listen to a bit on your drive home, and listen to a bit more Tuesday. This is the podcast that keeps on giving. It's a long walk. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so long, Bill. I hate to say it, but the patriarch has left the building. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> as soon as he said that, to, he whispered, "I gotta go." And I heard him head to the bathroom, and away he went. Fast <laughs> <laughs> is bedtime. I understand. I get it. Yep. Nine o'clock is his limit for for. Uh, he left the studio. Here. I heard the bathroom door, and now I'm here in the front door. He is out the door. <laughs> Have a good night, Don. I- he, he gone. <laughs> he gone. So he gone. Well, that's nope. good. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, gentlemen. It was uh, it was a great chat tonight, and I hope everybody that was on uh, on the podcast for us for this long has learned something, had a few laughs, and you know, just it, it gets to understand what we're all about, right? And this is friends and family getting together and and, and sharing a few stories and laughs, and and, and there's nothing better. As, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing better. Oh, I tell you what. Yep. When a plan comes together, even though it isn't my plan. Yeah. <laughs> hey. it's a good plan i like this yeah. it worked it worked i love it yeah and i'm gonna do something different this weekend too i'm gonna put the decoys away and hit the, hit the woods and oh see I'm now i'm thinking there. you should get a tent and get your decoys you know out <laughs> see you know what we talked about it on a podcast a long time ago was what is the number one thing you need to do when when you hunt it's it's have animals where you hunt that's it. <laughs> they got to so, be there. I mean, you, yeah, no, and, and there's nothing you can do when you get in there at, at you know, five o'clock in the morning, four, four thirty, whatever. I, I get out of my car at quarter after four in the morning. I walk into my spot and I'm set up before five and not a single gobble, uh, not a cluck, not anything besides mosquitoes and mallards. And you just can't make them appear if they're not there. Nope. Can't do it. Well, and I think a big takeaway from Jay is Jay, you didn't hear a gobble every morning you hunted and you never seen a turkey. And then talk to the farmer, find out you see them in the field. Well, then that tells me that they're not roosting where you're hunting. They're, they're just feeding out and walking around where you're hunting. So you, you weren't in their bedroom, near their bedroom to hear the gobbles or anything. And you would think from your hunting in that spot that there was no turkeys when really there was turkeys, 
It's just yeah. you weren't there at the right just, time of day because day. you're not near their bedroom. No, yeah. and, that, and that's the other takeaway that I'm going to have too is I'm going to hunt a, a different bush Saturday morning. And then the, uh, if, if nothing happens, you're going and, you back know, to your old bush, chance, but in the right? afternoon, cause you haven't hit it. That's the exactly afternoon. what I'm going to do. Yep. That, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to switch it up a little bit and see if there's, a, if they're, even if they're not roosting in the, that bush, uh, uh, you know, right away, maybe they're using it as a through fair and after seven, cause there's still a lot of light between close. Uh, close they, don't uh, roast, uh, they, roast, they don't roost till nine ish and after, right? Well, this is, this is my point, yeah. right? I mean, at seven o'clock we're, we're done hunting. We can't hunt past seven. They still got two hours to yep. roam around and move before they, oh, yeah. they find two hours to go get to the late. roost. Yep. Absolutely. Right? And they can move a long ways in two hours. I can promise you that. So you got her. Yeah. See, and what I think the up? other thing Jay, Jay said, he didn't want to get up and spook those turkeys, right? Because his buddies want to come hunt this weekend. Yeah. And yeah. I tell you what, if there's one thing that I have proven out this year is it, it like people will say, you know, if the deer see you, you better let the area calm down. Those deer get pressure and they're not going to be there and yada, yada, yada. I have haunted this bedroom day after day after day and ran and put turkeys out of that roost every freaking morning, trying to chase Tom's out of the roost. Guess what? They're there the next freaking morning in the same yep. freaking trees. I don't think their brain's big enough to realize that I'm well, there. That, the pressure's there the that you can mess it up. When you say that, that's the worst part about it. Because an animal with a brain the size of a marshmallow has outsmarted me for the last two but years. I, okay, so more <laughs> to that, right? Is is Okay, correct. But they're very intelligent in the here and now. Their brain, it may be small, but it's wired for survival in the here and now and yeah. not for the memory of what was here yesterday. I don't want to yeah. be there because of what was there yesterday, where they say deer are that way, where deer will remember if there was a bad scent or if they seen you and will be on edge or might not even go back to the area. I don't think turkeys are wired that way, but they are wired for the here and now and super is survival oh, right now. Yep. Right. No question. That, so I, I just yeah, think that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously they got one less sense without having the, the ability to smell, but their eyesight and hearing is phenomenal. Oh yeah. So. Big time. Big time. Yep. And, but I don't think you can screw up a hunt for tomorrow by running through it today. I just don't think that they're, they're that aware they're, they're in their bedroom. They have their roost. They think they're safe. Have a good day. Like that, I, that yeah. Tom was 40 yards from me in the roost. I, how many of those Toms now that I found out that there was that there was three more Toms in there that I've seen never once gobbled. So when that first morning, when I chased that Tom down that edge and I put eight to 10 turkeys out of those trees, how many were Toms that never gobbled that I didn't know were Toms That's up true. in those trees. Yeah, you don't know. And they were there I, the next day and they were there the next day and they were there the next day. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I know. And this, this, that's an interesting thing too, that, uh, you don't know unless they gobble at you. <laughs> if they, I saw a, tar, a turkey last year. I said, I hadn't seen a, a turkey. Well, turkey hunting in two seasons. And that's, that's a lie. I saw one last year while I was, um, in this same bush I'm going to on Saturday morning. And to your story, it didn't get out of the tree until seven 30. It was silly late. How, how it was fact. I was already done hunting. There was a Tom that was on the ground that I was, uh, going after and that bird was moving around and it had gone off and I thought okay well I'm done hunting and I get up and I walk 15 20 yards towards where that bird is to try to go get it 
And sure enough, out of the tree uh, comes flying uh, from uh, my right to left uh, a bird. And I'm looking. I had the gun on my shoulder looking to see if it had a beard <laughs> because I was shooting that bird on the wing if it was coming down. <laughs> if it was close <laughs> enough. But, you know, <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures, I tell you. <laughs> you see a sprint. It's, it's dropping before the feet touch yeah. the ground. I have an itchy finger and I tell you what, <laughs> just wait for something to, to to show itself. But yeah, we're the hopes are high still. I mean, it, it's getting to get late in the season, but we've only got really two more days that I can hunt anyways. And three more sits is what I can, if nothing comes out. And, uh, I will take every advantage of that, that time to, uh, to keep my hopes up and, and, and give a shot. So heck yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Right on. Well, there we go, gentlemen. Yeah. And I appreciate well, the conversation. Good luck this weekend, Bill. Hopefully you can join the men's club. Yeah. <laughs> congrats. Congrats, Jay. Thank you very much. And to you as well. I, well, I appreciate it. Good, sir. Yeah, two out of three ain't bad, right? <laughs> two out of three. Dad didn't want to hear us congratulate. He, he, he gone. <laughs> Screw he this gone. crap. Yeah. Nice stories, guys. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next week. Until next week. Thanks, guys. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And, folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>